Welcome to Recovery Mic Drop, where we're dropping the mic on addiction and recovery. We are two women who have been through the highs and lows of addiction and came out on the other side with a wealth of experience, strength, and hope. We are here to share our stories along with those of other amazing people in recovery and offer a fresh perspective on what it means to live a sober life. So grab a seat, turn up the volume, and get ready for some raw, unfiltered, and inspiring conversation. Trigger warning, we will be discussing uncomfortable topics and using strong language without hesitation. I went to a codependency meeting and within the first 15 minutes, I was like, what in the world is this? Like, I just couldn't believe, you know, for me struggling with addiction, how much other people struggled with things outside of drugs. And it really opened my mind up, you know, because I'm sitting there and I'm listening. I'm not relating to anything. And it just goes to show me that people struggle with having that void and that hole inside of them and constantly searching for validation or whatever outside of themselves. And then once like I started doing some work on myself, I realized how I was codependent in different ways of my addiction, maybe not as severe as people who truly struggle with it, but it was an experience for sure. Yeah, I didn't really understand it either or identify, but the more I learned about it, I could see where there were parts in my life or points that I got to where I was codependent. For most of my life, though, I was the toxic person just running on my own wants and needs and disregarding anyone else and their feelings. So the people that were around me when I was to that point, they had codependent issues, you know, because I was not a good person. And if you were around me, you you shouldn't have been. So what is codependency? It is a complex pattern of behavior and thought that develops within close relationships, often characterized by excessive emotional or psychological reliance on another person. And it can manifest in various forms, including enabling, caretaking, and prioritizing someone else's needs and emotions over your own. Codependent individuals often have difficulty setting boundaries, may struggle with low self-esteem, and tend to feel responsible for the happiness and well-being of others, sometimes to their own detriment. It's a very dysfunctional relationship pattern where one person sacrifices their wants, their needs, their feelings for another person who I know in my case, as an addict, I was just oblivious to it. But man, what what an awful way to live. And like you said, it really stems from having that whole, you know, not knowing who you are, not loving yourself enough to set boundaries. The effects that it can have on both partners, such as low self-esteem, resentment, stress, and poor health. But it can be overcome by learning how to establish healthy boundaries and taking responsibility for your own happiness. And that's kind of, you know, like what we're doing or what we've been doing. So we can relate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, it just took me a while. I remember sitting in that meeting. I'm like, why am I, excuse what I'm about to say, around these crazy people is what I felt like. And... (laughs) I'm a drug addict. Damn. (laughs) But I got, um, I was actually forced to go to that meeting by the treatment facility that I was in. And once I got there, I didn't understand why. So it really took, like, I had to take a hard look at myself and be like, how have I been codependent? Well, Bridget, you were codependent on drugs forever. And then every relationship that I was in, even before drugs, I was codependent on that person. And then even when I became that toxic person, that some, where somebody shouldn't have been around me, I was not only toxic and didn't care about your needs or anything about you, but I was still codependent on you. It was sick. Right, because I wasn't, I was never in a genuine relationship, you know, where I cared about your feelings 
feelings. I was with you because of how you made me feel about myself. And that that's pretty sick too. And there was a part of my life where I was codependent on just always having someone with me because I didn't feel good about myself and I didn't want to be alone with myself. So like even going into gas stations or going somewhere, I felt like I always had to have somebody with me. It's that fear of being alone with yourself, especially when you don't know yourself or you don't like what you know. It's using, it's using someone else. It's using someone else to feel differently than how you really feel. Ooh. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ouch. I mean, it is. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. I think we can make things so different in our heads of mm-hmm. the reality of situations. Because I've done this. I'm, de- I'm delusional. Was delusional. Better now. But, like, people will, will say, you know, I just, it makes them feel good that I'm putting someone else's needs above above my own while they're sacrificing everything within themselves to help somebody else. But is that really helping somebody else? Because like you said, it's using somebody to make you feel better. And what are you to anybody if you're not learning to be okay with you? When I'm sick, I want to be with someone else who's just as sick as me. So our sickness may come from different places and look different on the outside, but we're still sick no matter what it is. So it all comes down to Doing the work, setting the boundaries, learning to love yourself, and then you're not going to need someone else to validate how you feel. Mm -hmm. So negative effects of codependency. Codependency can enable the addict partner to continue their substance abuse and avoid seeking treatment. Oh, sorry, that don't even make any sense. (laughs) We'll just cut it out later. All right. Negative effects of codependency. Codependency can enable the addicted partner to continue their substance abuse and avoid seeking treatment. And we don't mean a romantic relationship. It could be anything. You know, it's a family disease. So it could be any type of relationship. It can cause the codependent partner to lose their sense of identity, self-worth, and autonomy. It can create a cycle of guilt, anger, fear, and resentment in both partners. And it can increase the risk of mental health issues such as depression, anxiety, and trauma. This just made me think of like the first real boyfriend that I had. I was so codependent on him. And when we weren't together, staying with each other every night, when we weren't together for some reason, like it felt like the world ended. You know what I'm saying? Because I was that codependent on that relationship. One time my mom had freaked out and was like making me stay home, said she was calling the cops and like I left and started cussing her. I'm like, call the cops. I don't care because I was just so codependent on that, that I didn't care about the consequences. I didn't care about listening to my mother. I was under 18. Mm -hmm. It's sick. Well, especially when you're that age. I felt my first boyfriend, I was the same way. Like, (laughs) how dare you keep us apart? It was awful. You know, (laughs) we can romanticize someone or or something i remember being in treatment and i towards the end of my addiction i mean you know i was with people that were as awful as i was and i was in this extremely abusive toxic relationship and i remember i went to a 28 day never planning to truly stay sober i talked to one of the counselors and i was like you know i'm in love with this guy you know but it's awful and she's like are you in love with him or are you in love with the idea and of course i was like whatever you don't know me bitch (laughs) but now i'm looking back i'm like yeah i just wanted someone to love me i wanted someone to love me and i wanted it to be real But I didn't have the ability to find that because I was out of my mind. And that chaos and toxicity feels so Mm -hmm. real. It feels passionate. 
Well, yeah, when you're, <laughs> it does, but it's just, today I know that it's just nothing but bullshit. It's mm-hmm. all a lie. Yeah, the passion and all that stuff is fun in the beginning, but real love is, you know, sticking it out, working through problems, communicating how you feel, respecting each other's feelings, their values, and growing. Being selfless. Yeah. And wanting to be selfless. I think that's a big one. Genuinely wanting to be selfless for somebody else. Like that's passion. Yeah. Wanting to see someone else happy. So being codependent is not about wanting somebody else to be happy. It's how this person is making you feel and validating your feelings. Hey, Bridget, you ever feel like you need to talk to someone about all the crazy thoughts that go through your head? Yeah, sometimes. But life gets in the way and I just feel like I don't have time for all that. Well, OnlineTherapy.com is a website that offers cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT online. CBT is a proven method that helps you to identify, challenge, and overcome your dysfunctional patterns and achieve your goals. OnlineTherapy.com has a dedicated team of professional therapists, counselors, and support staff that will work with you online to help you go from where you are to where you want to be. Your personal therapist will guide you through worksheets, unlimited messaging, and live sessions available as video, voice, or text. You can access OnlineTherapy.com from anywhere, anytime, and at your own pace. OnlineTherapy.com is confidential, convenient, and affordable with subscription plans starting at just $40 a week. Also receive a 20% discount for the first month. Let the team at OnlineTherapy.com help you find a path to a better life. You deserve to feel happier. Yeah, you do. For more information, click on the link in the description. There's so many negative side effects of codependency. And, you know, the big one is just losing yourself, losing your identity and defining yourself based off of everybody else around you. It causes relationship strain, enabling destructive behavior. It's kind of like that people pleasing in a way, like mm-hmm. wanting people to like you and which then causes you to say no, to do that enabling, not setting boundaries, staying in toxic relationships. And it really seems like it all just comes back to not loving yourself. And having that whole, like, missing that relationship with God. Mm -hmm. But there are ways to recover from codependency, like seeking professional help, learning how to set clear and firm boundaries, focusing on your own needs and goals, practice self-care and self-compassion, cultivate a positive self-image and self-esteem. And all that reminds me of this quote by Ram Dass that says, I can do nothing for you but work on myself. And you can do nothing for me but work on yourself. And that is so true. Because if I'm depending on you to feel good or bad, whatever, because people can be addicted to those negative feelings too, because then you, you hold on to that resentment and that anger, you know, and you use it for whatever, whatever reason you have. No person, no thing is going to make you feel better. You have to do the work on yourself. <laughs> this is a hard one. I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> I don't know codependency. So I just, because it's kind of hard for me to wrap my mind around it sometimes. Well, at all. So examples of codependency. A woman's married to an alcoholic. And she's always making excuses for him, putting his needs before hers, feeling resentful, feeling guilty and responsible for his drinking and blames herself and neglects her own needs. So that woman would be codependent. A son or a daughter is addicted to drugs. The mother's constantly worried, trying to control every aspect of their life. You know, she blames herself. She feels like she failed and she neglects herself again. And that mother would be codependent. It touches and affects a lot of people. 
it's just hard, I think, to identify and probably hard to talk about because I don't really understand it completely. But the common denominator between someone who's codependent and someone with alcoholism or drug addiction is that you are looking for something outside of yourself, outside of God, to make you feel a certain way. And it's hard to recognize because it could be so subtle. It could be somebody who's just taking on too much work and saying yes to everything because they want to be viewed as the hero in the situation or like this good person Mm -hmm. to make themselves feel better. Yeah. I'll say no all day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I got no problem with it. But towards the end of uh, my addiction, I was in a very toxic relationship. We were both running and doing some bad shit, but... If I would get a black eye, I would just be like, yeah, well, I kind of deserved it. (laughs) You know, I didn't really care back then, but then I was also trying to die. So, you know, I wasn't really uh, living a good life, but it was sick in and of itself. It was fueled by drugs, but also at the same time, I was scared to say certain things. I was scared to do something, you know. I mean, there was a lot of drugs involved and a lot of sickness But I would accept that stuff because I wanted someone to be there. Yeah, I've shared before. My last relationship was also very toxic, physically toxic and all all toxic. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) I needed I needed that person. You know, I needed that person as much as the drugs. You Mm -hmm. know, when we got a fight, I had the drugs. Well, if I didn't have the drugs, I needed him. Like it was just this. Because I was always searching for something outside of myself. Like, it was so toxic. Just a little story time to tell you how toxic. He, like, logged onto my Facebook on my phone and then got in the shower and forgot about it. And this girl messaged him, like, are you still coming over tonight? And I like to act like nothing bothers me. Yeah. (laughs) So I take the phone in there. I'm like, hey, you're whoever just messaged you. And acted like it didn't bother me and walked out. He got out of the shower butt-ass naked and attacked me. Hit me in the face over it because I didn't react how he wanted me right. to react. And I thought, oh, that's so passionate. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell so is so much? <laughs> yeah. He wants me to feel jealous. Like it was just, it's sick. And it's not that all I cared about in that relationship was myself. And I didn't even care about myself. I was just lost and alone. Didn't know who I was. I can't even relate to that person anymore. Yeah. That's why I think it's hard to talk about this topic because I'm so far removed from that. I can, you know, I know my story and, you know, all the shit I did throughout my addiction, but to try to remember what type of person lived like that and what type of person would put up with that type of shit, not just put up with it, chase it. You know, if he took off, I would chase him. Mm -hmm. If I took off, he'd find my ass and beat me. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it was that sick toxic stuff and it was just as addictive as the drug man so it's hard to really remember like what who I was because it's so far from who I am today I am very clear with boundaries and I can set them very easily today I don't want to say I cut people out I don't really do that but I won't make time for someone who doesn't add something to my life and that's that came out a little selfish (laughs) it's 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 a two-way street you know i want love and respect and value but i also give those things well and it's not even like a selfish thing it's it's like you said both sides of the street and just providing that that gratitude being around people who are positive and want the best for you and have the same goals in mind not going backwards Mm -hmm. i think 
that's why they talk about, I'm sure there's multiple reasons, but like we're so codependent. I was in active addiction, especially at the end. That's why they say do not get in a relationship for the first year. And I think, I mean, I wish everybody would do that because even my my first relationship after I waited was toxic. I was toxic, I should say, because it's it's a whole other recovery process Mm -hmm. because when you're getting off drugs... After just being codependent, that doesn't go away. You're going to be searching for the next girlfriend, for the next boyfriend, like the next thing to make you feel okay because the drugs aren't there anymore. Mm, Yeah. Man, (laughs) there's so many people (laughs) that I've watched in early recovery get into toxic codependent relationships because they haven't done the work on themselves. And once again, they're just looking for something to change how they feel. They're sober now, but they haven't worked any steps. And, oh, let me date this guy in sober living. We both have three months clean. That sounds like a great idea. He has nothing to offer, no job, no home, neither do I. But let's get into a relationship. And I can say this shit because I waited a couple years before I even dated. Because I was scared. And I watched all my friends get into pretty bad relationships. Not all of them, but I watched it. I watched how it affected them. And then I'd watch people go back out. I think a lot of people went back out over relationships. Because addiction is not on our favor. Like, this disease is not on our favor. So, if I had to guess, 90% of us aren't going to make it. And so, like, you're banking three months sober with this other person that's three months sober. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's ridiculous. And I think if I would have got into a relationship like that, in early recovery, I could have relapsed if they, re- well, I would have oh, relapsed yeah, I if they relapsed. Yeah. And today where I've done the work on myself, if my partner relapses, I'm freaking gone because I can't do that yeah. to myself today. And I have self-love and I'm not codependent today. It's a whole other type of relationship because I had never had a healthy relationship before until I worked on myself. And which is why I kind of brought up that quote earlier, because it's so simple But it's just mind-boggling to everybody. What do you mean? I haven't done any work on myself and I'm still a miserable piece of shit, but I can't be in a healthy relationship? Yeah, no, you can't. Because until you're that old saying that you've heard since you were a child, can't love anyone else till you love yourself, that shit is true. Mm -hmm. Things are cliche for a reason. (laughs) And you don't know who you are in those moments. You don't love yourself. And so... Anybody that throws themselves at you and calls you pretty or tells you mm-hmm. these sweet little words in your ears, you're going to freaking latch onto it and think that's love. You're going to think that toxic is passion because that's what you're used to. But if you work the steps, do some work on yourself and give yourself some time to learn to love you, you will find that healthy relationship because you will not settle for less and you know what you're worth and you can set those boundaries. So if you just got sober and then you find yourself looking for someone else, you know, and you get into a relationship... And then you're like, he hits me or he cheats on me or, well, you're going to get the same shit you got out in the madness because you're dating someone who's still sick Mm -hmm. and you're still sick, which means your picker is off. (laughs) So you're going to pick the sickest one in the group because that's what we attract. A sick person will attract another sick person, but a well person, someone who has love for themselves and is self-actualized and has a relationship with God, you will attract those types of people. And when someone comes into your life to pull you down, you'll be like, nah, I don't got time for you. 
Well, really want to attract the opposite people because they would be intimidated by that. Yeah, yeah. Someone who is sad and insecure can't really stand to be around someone who is secure and has high self-esteem because it makes them feel worse. It makes them angry. At least I know it used to make me angry because I didn't get it. Yeah. So how to work on codependency? I have no idea. You got to work on yourself. I feel like there, there's therapy. There's... <laughs> There's there's 12 step groups for codependency. So there's there's solutions. Read a book. <laughs> it is just about learning to love yourself. You yeah. know? And then if you're struggling with addiction, you need to get sober, obviously. And I think you will learn to love yourself on a whole other level mm-hmm. if you actually stick to not getting in a relationship for a year. Yeah. Like there was a period of time in my sobriety where I was not in a relationship and I never felt so good because it was the first time that I was able to stand by myself, stand alone, get to know me for me, and I was okay. Yeah. And that's when I think I realized that I, I loved myself today. And it is empowering. Mm-hmm. And if everybody knew what that felt like, I bet they would give yeah. a little more time. And, you know, change takes time. So I have to spend the time doing the work, getting to know myself, getting to know God. And everything will, and if you have faith, everything will fall into place and work out the way it's supposed to anyway. I just don't have time for any of that garbage. (laughs) But I remember there was a time I did, you know, and I didn't just make time for it. I obsessed over it. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Just don't get in a relationship in early recovery. <laughs> don't do it. Surround yourself with good people, man. People that genu- genuinely care about you, not just out for themselves. Yeah. You'll well, learn to have those healthy relationships. Well, and you know, you got to like go through the pain, right? And that shit sucks, especially in early recovery. We all want to rush the process. We want what's on the other side of that pain, but you got to go through it first. So you can't, you know, get a couple months and then meet some dude and you're both are still a mess. Get into a relationship. You're going to get what you've been getting before because you haven't done any work. If it's meant to be, take some time, do some work, grow, and things will work out the way they're supposed to. But yeah, we can't rush it. It's just, it doesn't work that way. I didn't become a disaster overnight. It took years. I felt like I did overnight. Well, (laughs) mine was just a shorter stint than yours. It happened to me way fast. So when I was using, I was the addict and not respecting boundaries, consumed by my own wants and needs. And people around me that were that were really invested in me, you know, I would say they had had some codependent issues. I just couldn't care, which is awful. But, you know, like for my mom, for example, eventually she set the boundary. And I know that was extremely difficult for her, but she had to do it. You have to, you have to, to survive or that person will take you down yeah. or you'll just, or which is worse than death is living an entire life just in misery, not getting out of it and not finding, you know, not finding yourself and not living a happy, healthy, fulfilling life. That's even worse yeah. than death. I feel like I would just drink. Yeah. <laughs> Right? I get back to all that shit. So a healthy relationship is where both people respect, trust, support, and communicate with each other. And everyone deserves to be loved, respected, and understood. We just got to provide that for others as well. If you're not sure about it, don't do it. 
We would love to hear from you. <laughs> so please email us at recoverymicdrop at gmail.com or go like us on Facebook. And if you found this episode... <laughs> and if you found this episode valuable <laughs> or relatable, please rate the podcast. It helps us reach more people who could benefit from our conversations. Bye, guys. Bye.